Hey, dear ones, did you know that you have a built-in compass guiding you to your soul mission with all the tools you need to fulfill that soul mission? Sound exciting? Then join me for a Soul Blueprint, the only certification program that reveals how to amplify your five spiritual gifts so you can consciously create a life and business of massive soul line success. Enroll now at allisonscammell.com forward slash soul blueprint. And you can find that link in the show notes. Hey there, Allison Scammell here, and I have an absolutely terrific episode for you today. I talk with money mindset expert, Gul Khan, about how to create your money avatar and the spiritual laws of money. Gul shares with us the most common limiting belief system she hears from entrepreneurs. She defines what exactly a money avatar is and how to create one. And she offers a daily practice to help you use your money avatar to grow a prosperous business. We end on a challenge that will help you reveal any hidden, defeating thoughts you have around money so you can treat your money avatar as your best friend and bring in the wealth and income that you deserve. So stay with us until the end. Welcome to She Grows, a podcast for soul-guided women entrepreneurs ready to be seen, and get fully booked using their unique genius, intuitive voice, and spirit guides. Each week, we'll explore how to create offerings based on what you do best, so you can have a wait list of ideal clients and bring in continuous income. I'm your host, Allison Scammell. Let's get growing. Hey there, She Grows Nation. That is the name of this sisterhood of soul-guided entrepreneurs. At She Grows Nation, your heart is CEO, and you're getting fully booked with ideal clients using your unique genius, intuitive voice, and spirit guides. Today, we're talking about money, and I had the pleasure of speaking with an expert on it, Gul Khan. Gul is an author, international speaker, podcaster, a barrister, an attorney, a solicitor, an intuitive life coach, an EFT expert, an energy healer, a money mindset expert, and a mother. Wow. Gull is a former banking and finance lawyer who left her corporate job to pursue her passion and become a money mindset expert and healer. She helps entrepreneurs break free from their limiting beliefs about money so that they can live a life of unlimited abundance. I had such a blast talking to Gull and learned so much. Please enjoy our amazing exchange. Oh, I'm so excited to welcome Gul Khan to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here talking to you and your audience. Oh my gosh. We have the greatest episode to unpack today. We're going to be talking money avatar and the spiritual laws of money. This stuff is so important to women entrepreneurs. I am really excited to get going. So let's get into it. You are a money mindset expert and coach, which I love. What's the most common limiting belief about money you hear from entrepreneurs and especially the spiritual entrepreneurs you work with? Well, that's a great question, Alison, and, and it's a very common question, actually. Most people, spiritual people, especially the, the, who are in this coaching industry as well, because I have lots of coaches who have actually come to become my clients. One of the 
uh, the common things I find with people who are spiritual, who are guided, who have intuition, etc., who can create these amazing results for the clients. Unfortunately, they have this idea that somehow there's nobility in poverty, and if they're spiritual, if they're if they're connected to the higher self, they cannot possibly connect to the materialistic world, and therefore they cannot ask for money, and therefore they push money away. That combined with the fact that they have this subconscious programming around money, that money is evil, money is ritual evil, money causes a corruption, etc., etc., and therefore they have this really horrible negative relationship with money. Even though some of them have actually done work, you know, with 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 the, with the mentors, and they've learned about the law of attraction, and they try to put that in place for themselves, and they can get all this, even the law of attraction gurus, they can get this to work for other people, but they fail to do it for themselves. Reason being, but because they have a very very negative relationship with the meaning and so it's almost to the point where they need it they're needing it and they're begging for it to come in but at the same time simultaneously they have this in in a conflict because they're pushing it away because they don't really like it and this is this is basically what we address and we have to address and i i actually had to deal this myself in terms of you know when i had this love-hate relationship with money where i really needed it but uh, under the surface subconsciously i was hating money and i wasn't even aware of it you know aware of it and most people, when I, when most people have read the you know, books like you know, Think and Grow Rich and even Rhonda Burns, uh, The Secret, they think, no, I think money's freedom. I think money's great. But when I dig a bit deeper and I give an exercise, actually, I have this exercise that say, okay, do this exercise for me. It's very simple. Just keep it in mind. Just write it down. And when they complete the exercise, they actually realize, oh my gosh, this is what I'm really feeling about money, not what my consciously tried to believe about money. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And I love that so much. And the other limiting belief I wonder, do you encounter with entrepreneurs? Because we have to put ourselves out there so many different times. And if we get a failure, like let's say we're launching a new product and we perceive that it fails, I think failure is always a perception, right? I think that sometimes we get in this mindset that, well, we failed once. So when we do it again, we're going to fail again. Is that something that you have encountered as well with entrepreneurs? Absolutely, time and time again. It's not just that they feel it; they energetically imprint that on their on their aura, on the energy field as well. So yes. what I call this I call this a goal trauma or financial trauma. It can be both, by the way. So it could be something that you failed in terms of goal, or you you know had a bankruptcy, or your parents had a bankruptcy, or the parents failed in a business somewhere. Because I, I spoke to a client recently, and it wasn't you know she kept not she tried multiple times she's a born entrepreneur she's tried multiple times to set up a business but she kept feeling and when we worked it down and you know why it happened you know the first business the business before the business before that bless her she's been trying all this time it was actually her mother's business which didn't take off and it failed and she imprinted that into her energy field at the age of nine years old and then when she grew older and she had this urge to create a business like her mother or like you know, be an entrepreneur to create financial freedom for herself doesn't matter what business she tried, she kept failing. She would have a little bit of success and then fail, a little bit of success and fail. And she kept repeating it. And the more she repeated it, the more ingrained, more solidified the energy became. You know, the energy gets more and more dense. And the more dense it becomes, the more strongly it shows up in your physical world. And that's what happened to her. So Mm. it's not just that you feel it, you are actually imprinting it and solidifying the energy in your in your 3D world, and it gets to the point where it doesn't matter what you touch, it turns to dust, you know? Wow. 
That is so fascinating. So I had the next question I was going to ask you, and you preempted me, is I I have it written down here that I love that you're a money mindset expert and an energy healer. I think that is a brilliant combination. And I was going to ask you, you've already done it a little bit. Can you describe how the two interrelate? That's a great question. So I, I primarily I'm an energy healer. That's who I am. Okay. But people don't understand that concept and they have different ideas of what energy healers do, etc. And if you see me, I'm not the conventional, you know, wearing robes and having beads kind of person. I'm far from it. I'm not the conventional guru type person at all. I'm a happy-go-lucky, quirky, funny person, right? And I am a lawyer. So when, sometimes when I speak, I speak with that authority because I'm a barrister here in the UK. I come across as very authoritative as well. So again, not the guru, softly spoken gurus. Okay. I'm none of that. I am me, which is uniquely me. Now, I am an energy healer, but because I primarily focus on shifting your energy around money, I am a money mindset expert. Now, a lot of people in the uh, who call themselves uh, money gurus or money mind experts or whatever, they, you, they work with NLP and they don't actually work with energy. And they are focused, they're doing what I think is putting the, the cart before the, you know, the horse before the cart, right? Instead of no, the cart before the horse, rather than the you know, horse before the cart. They are trying to shift your energy by changing your mindset. That's what the, you know, the affirmations do. That's what, you know, writing out, you know, certain things out and whatever else and the, you know, the kind of techniques they have for themselves. The problem is when you are trying to shift your air, your your energy by shifting your mindset, it's a very long, laborious process. Yes, it can be done. Absolutely. But the difference between doing that and actually reversing and changing your, your energy first and allowing your mindset to follow is the difference between night and day. So I always say, if you're following the convention rules of law of attraction and you're trying to, you know, artificially think positively about whatever you want to create and think I have it, I have it, I have it. You're at least walking in the direction of your goals. But when you actually energetically clear the trauma, so what we just spoke about right now, the financial trauma or the goal trauma, if you remove the energy from that, from your energy field, and I do that through a process of mine called energy clearing, I have my unique modality through my unique energy clearings. When you change and shift that energy, I promise you, Alison, your mindset cannot help but follow. It has to. Because the energy is no longer present in your energy field, you cannot feel low and bad about that particular incident. Your mindset automatically moves. So yes, you'll retain the memory. Of course, it's it's happened in the past. You'll retain the memory of the incident, but the negative energy has been moved and you're no longer feeling the repercussions. And therefore, your mindset thinks, well, it's in the past, it happened. Okay, let's go on to the next one. It's like a surgery. When you have surgery done, and you, you know, uh, once it's healed up, like we, we, for example, I had a cesarean with my daughter. Once it's healed up, it's there's a scar that remains, a very faint scar, but I've healed up. I don't remember the feel, the pain of it anymore. It's a memory. Does, does that make sense? And that's yeah, what happens totally. when you actually remove the energy from that particular incident or the memory. And as an energy healer, that's what I do. So I don't focus on your mindset. I, mean, I, call, I, call, myself, I call myself mindset expert because I, I get the results I get are phenomenal compared to most other people out in the market. I do believe I'm one of the, when it comes to money, I am one of the best. Reason being, because I'm not concerned about what your mindset is. I don't care how you think about money. I'm going to focus on how you feel about money. And that's where the concept of money avatar was born. That's the, that's everything I do. All the tools, energy tools I give you, I focus on energy tools. They're all focused around changing your energy and feelings about money. And I promise you, if you change your feelings internally and your thinking and energy around money, your mindset has to follow. And that's why how that's how I operate. And I combine the two that way that 
yes, I've got, I'm trained in NLP. Yes, I'm trained. I've done, I've been studying psychology successes for the last 20 odd years. So, so I, I thought, even though I've not done a psychology degree, I have a, I probably could do a PhD in it by now with the amount of studying I've done on it. So I understand how the brain works. I understand how your, how your, how your neurons in your, in your, in your brains, um, you know, con form connections. But I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned with how your energy is operating around a certain topic. And when we shift your energy, the neurons in your brains automatically shift their connections. And that's how you, where you get the mindset shift. I love that so much. It is so, so good. So you mentioned money avatar. Tell us, what is a money avatar? Oh, brilliant question. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So one of the things, as you we, as we were talking about right at the beginning of the conversation, you know, most people come to me have this really horrible relationship with money, whether they accept it and then own it or deny it, it doesn't really matter. What we actually work on is how they truly subconsciously feel about money. And the thing is, the problem is, the average person has had this, you know, throughout their life had had to use money, had a relationship with money, whether they knew it or not. So if you had a relationship with money since the early childhood, you need money for your clothes, you need money for your food, you need money for everything. Okay, even those people who deny money and you know, or money isn't anything, it is theirs. You, you need it for your essentials as well, right? Now, if you have a very negative relationship with money, and I'm going to give you this metaphor, for example, Alison, you know, you, you walk into a room and there's this really gorgeous guy there, really gorgeous, like, you know, really handsome, tall, dark, and handsome, you know, epitome of, you know, the, the handsome man. And you look at him and think, oh my God, he's so good looking. And under your breath, you begin to think, oh, he must be so arrogant. He must be egotistical. He must be a narcissist. He must be X, Y, and Z. Still smiling, you're saying all these negative things about this individual, right? So if, you ha if you're giving off all these negative vibes to that individual, even though you might still be smiling, do you think that individual will come and approach you, right? No. Reason being, not because anything you said, because subconsciously he picked up all your negative vibes that you've given off to him. We know that. We've experienced ourselves. We pick up other people's negative vibes towards ourselves. Now, if we accept the concept that everything is energy, because the three core principles of, of anything, the entire universe is, everything at its core is energy, and that includes money. So number two, everything that is energy, if everything is energy, then everything's vibrating at a particular frequency. And then that leads into principle number three, that everything is vibrating at a particular frequency, then you are in harmony with on that, on that frequency, you're attracting to yourself. So if you are saying, sending all, and that includes money. So if you're sending all these negative signals to this individual, you're not in harmony with him. He's not going to even look at you probably and probably walk out the door, you know, without registering that you exist. Why would money be any different? So if you're sending off all these negative vibes to money, why would money show up? And even if it did show up, why would it stay? It would, it, it, you know, the sooner it comes, they'll leave, right? So through this idea of money avatar, you know, you're able to form a friendship with it. Now, this the way this money avatar was born, I remember one of my gurus, I can't remember who it was, I'm not going to say, even if I didn't remember what's the name, they said, pick up a piece of note, pick up a piece of, um, you know, 50 pound note or 20 pound note, and just really give it love, just really feel love into it. And now I don't know about you, Alison, but when I look at a piece of paper, it doesn't, I don't have any feelings. I'm like, huh? Right? I, I have no images towards it, whatever. Okay, coins, papers, I just, I it's, it's for me, it's inorganic matter, it has no I mean, of course, it's energy, but I can't connect to it. So that's where the idea of money avatar was born in my head. I thought, well, hang on a minute. If everything's energy, why do I have to see it as a piece of paper? Why cannot I see it as my best friend? 
So this is a technique that I teach that, you know, of before you think about anything, I want you to think of, let's do this together right now, Alison. I want you to think of someone. Now, this cannot be someone you know personally, okay? We're creating a new in- entity. So some, so what would this person look like, this ideal best friend? Would it be a female? Would it be a man? Okay? Remember, we cannot use anyone you know already. So you can't be a brother, sister, friend, an ex-boyfriend, or husband, wife, no one. Okay, no one. No one you know already. It has to be someone new. So I want you to, use your imagination, create this ideal best friend. It's a best friend too. Would it be a man? Would it be a woman? How tall would they be? What would they would be their ethnic background? What kind of hair color would they have? What kind of eye color would they have? What kind of skin complexion would they have? What would they be age? How old would they be? You know, your age, similar, a bit older, a bit younger. What would they? What sort of hobbies would they have? What sort of smile would they have? What kind of energy would they exude? Do you see what I mean? We're getting very specific in in terms of you know seeing this person as our best friend. Once you've created this, Alison. Yes, I'm assuming you have this in your mind right now. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's it's interesting. It's kind of like identifying like your ideal client avatar, although it is, it is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's in not, the sense it's that not. it's yeah, right. In the sense that it's similar questions. However, um, you are saying best friend, so that's a totally different energy. It's a, it's so when I was tuning energy. in, yeah, when I was tuning into best energy, best friend energy, I'm getting this different person who's appearing yeah. in front of me than my ideal client avatar. It would be, of course, the two different energies. The ideal client is someone you work with. This best friend is has got your back. Your ideal client isn't looking after you. You're looking after the ideal client. This best friend has got your back. This best friend is going to turn up before you know you need it. This friend friend's going to be there to support you through your deepest, darkest moments and be there to celebrate your, your best moments. It's your best friend, right? So the energy is going to be completely different. Now, this best friend, you give it a name. For me, for example, it's Michelle. And then this is your money avatar. This is the individual that you're now going to communicate with and form a relationship with. Now, this is the first time you're meeting. It's you, it's okay. When you meet your best friend, sometimes you just hit it off from day one and it's brilliant. You know, it's brilliant. Other times it takes, depending on how you are, it takes some, you know, breaking the ice, getting to know each other. It's fine. Depending on how you've treated money up until now, that would di- dictate how easily you form friendship with this individual you just formed. And this is your money avatar. Now, can you see the difference? You're now communicating with this amazing, amazing person that you just put together in the imagination. Who's your best friend? Now, anytime you're in trouble, Alison, do you think your best friend would turn up? Right? She would. Yeah. And this is the key here now. Most people have this needy energy, this need or greed for money. What I want you to start feeling is neither need or greed or anything about money. I want you to feel respect, honor, and you know, and, and treat money with dignity. Now, when you have your best friend, if you cut, for example, for example, I told you Michelle, my 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 money avatar. If Michelle's there and I'm thinking, Michelle, please, 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 please come and see me. I really miss you. I really need you. I really need you. Michelle's gonna take a step back and then go. What's up? You know, I need some space. Give me some space, girl. Right. On the other hand, I pick up the phone and say, Michelle, I haven't seen you for a while. Let's let's catch up. Let's go for a spa day. Let's go for a cup of coffee. Let's go for lunch. She's like, yeah, I miss you too. Go, let's go on. Let's get together. And even if she can't turn up to me physically, she'll be on the phone with me. But obviously, she's a best friend. She'll, we'll be seeing each other every, pretty much every day. And we'll go for a cup of coffee over lunch together. Can you see? Right? I can. And yeah. That's a big difference from being needy. Please, please, please come. Now, another very important point. You know that money has ebb and flow of money. You, money comes, money goes. Money cannot stay. You can't lock. So if you try, if I try and lock Michelle in a room, say, Michelle, you can't leave me. 
she's not going to be my best friend anymore. She's not going to stay with me anymore. She's going to run away from me as, as quickly as possible. On the other hand, Michelle meets me for lunch and she goes and she had a fantastic time with me and I give her all the respect, all the love that I can, at the same time, giving her the space to be who she is. When it's time for her to leave, I say, okay, fine, I'll be sad that you know, I, you know, she's going, but I know and I'm expecting her to meet me again very soon. Very soon. That's how you, you know, imagine having that energy with money. You know, money's coming. You've got these bills to pay. You've got the commitments to pay. You've got to pay your, you know, your consultants as, as business owners. You pay you, you both your, you know, salaries and also your consultants and et cetera, et cetera. You're paying all these bills, but you know that more money's coming. You know, money's always going to come back. Can you see the difference in the energy? And when you feel that way about energy, how can you not think that money's going to be there? Money's going to come back. And you see, we just shifted your mindset by changing your energy. We shifted your mindset by shifting energy. This is really powerful. That is brilliant. And I, I got, I, I, Gabriella appeared to me. <laughs> I got something immediately. <laughs> um, Perfect. Because so that's, the money uh, avatar. That's, your, that's your best friend in, and that's your, and that's your money avatar. And that's the more stronger you form friendship with Gabriella, the more money will show up in your energy field. Yeah, that is really, really interesting. And I think that you are right. I think most people do kind of carry that struggle with. So let's continue to dive into this topic. And please tell us, what are the spiritual laws of money? Yeah, that's another great question. There's, uh, there's The spiritual laws of money all work around. I mean, if there's this, there's a number of them you can go through. And one of them being that the we have to let go of our need and our the burden that we carry. One of the biggest things that I teach in terms of the spiritual laws of money is that let go of you know of the burden. So the idea that you have to create this this massive um, empire in your business, you as a person are going to create it. I think when we let go of our ego and allow our divine self, our you know, divine energy to work through us, that is when we allow money to show up in the grand way that it does so that's one of the one of the laws of money which is going to let go of the need of to be in control so there are there are plenty other uh, universal laws of money but, and I, this is the one that i think that that holds the most value because we get you know, if you don't if you try to do everything yourself and i see this time and time again especially if you have those people who have this really horrible and really destructive relationship with parents especially dads okay so if you, if you see it this way your relationship with with everything, not just money, but everything is actually influenced with your relationship, how your relationship was with your mum and dad. The dad's energy is masculine energy, okay, has a different role. Mum's energy is feminine energy, has a different role. And we, depending on how we actually receive that energy, we respond in that way. So I'm going to focus on dad's energy because that is the energy which allows you to make, have and create money. And if we, as a child, did not get that love and support from our father, we would be tending, we have, we would have a tendency, and this is myself included, to do everything ourselves. So people who struggle to let go and have to be in control and have to do everything themselves have that idea that, you know, well, my father, you know, I, I can do it myself. I don't need anybody. You know, I don't need any, anyone. That includes divine energy. And those are the people that struggle. They, they do they do succeed and they do very well. They're the self-starters. At the same time, they're the ones who are, who are at risk of burning out. They're the ones who will do everything themselves. They're the ones who will not ask for help. So if you take a step back and say, okay, I'm creating this through the aid and help of divine source energy, 
I'm casting the burden of all my troubles onto divine synergy and asking divine synergy to come up with a solution. I promise you things will become easy and people and situations just show up for you. These serendipitous moments which just start flickering across you know, your life, which allows you to create and have money or anything else for that matter more easily. And this is something that I had to learn over the over the years that I've always been self-starter. I can do it. It's okay. I can do it. It's okay. I can do it. Whereas when I let go of that and said, okay, device energy, you do this for me. I want X, Y, and Z. You show me how, or you show me what steps to take and bring the right people to me. My life became easy. So it's not that I, I haven't, you know, I haven't worked hard or, or so forth, but I don't run after clients. I don't run after teammate, uh, team members. The right people show up for me at the right time to become part of my team. And I have an amazing team that's working with me now. And that's the reason why in the sh short span of two and a half years, I've created a multi-six-figure business and a in, in a complete new industry, not in the legal field, a completely different area. This is one of the major, major laws of the universe where you cast the burden onto device energy and let go of your ego of, you know, I'm creating this, I'm doing this. You can allow divine energy to work through you. Does this make sense, my love? It makes great sense. I love how you're describing it. I have a couple of follow-up questions on this. So are, uh, you're probably going to get to this. I, I'm fascinating what you're saying about this masculine energy and what, what it can mean for you if you didn't have that growing up. Can, are you, can you tell us what the feminine energy tends to, how it shows up? Like what, what's the feminine role? <laughs> So the, there's there there's two parts to this the, the, the yin and the yang and we've we've known that for everybody knows that you know, intuitively anyway there's two sides to every coin right the feminine energy when you when there's lack thereof you end up not being able to receive that much love so you end up nurturing other people so you can nurture mm. but you have difficulty receiving love receiving compliments and even receiving money. Okay, right. there are two parts to it. You create money with the masculine energy, and you receive money with the feminine energy. And if you there's lacking, I mean, I didn't have. I, I was lucky to have a very, very loving, very nurturing mother, so I was able to receive love, and I'm able to receive compliments, and able to receive all of that very easily. Yet, you know, I was I had difficulty allowing somebody to help me, so it was, I had to do the masculine thing myself, and I can do it. Now. I was a do do do. You know, I was, a, I was I was the one who hustled a lot. I worked very hard for everything. So feminine energy allows you to be loved, to be nurtured, and to become a good receiver. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. And then the second follow-up question is, I love what you're saying about, you know, that allowing this in and, and allowing the divine to come in and support. But sometimes I see my clients uh, struggle with that versus the hard work. And yes, we always have to show up and take that inspired action, you know, for a law of attraction to really kick in or, or any sort of divine receiving, there's inspired action in there somewhere. You can't just meditate all day. I don't think, or maybe you could, because that is a form of inspired action where you can't just watch Netflix all day anyway. But what, how, how, how do you draw the fine line? I myself can, I have workaholic tendencies you know, like any advice on like, yes, it takes work and hard work, but yes, there's this allowing in this, this, I guess I'm trying to ask like, uh, what do you tell people who are struggling with getting an alignment to inspired action versus overworking and burning out, like getting into that flow? 
Great question. Great question. So I get this, I, I get asked this a lot. Okay. So what do you mean casting the burden? Does it mean that I just sit in a room and, you know, I can chant affirmation, like I said, meditation, not meditate all day and have things pop into my lap. And I'm like, no, that's what the average law of attraction guru will tell you outside. And I would say, no, you don't. Okay. You can't just say that. And that's what also the movie, I, I had this issue with the movie, The Secret. That's why that, that movie led most people to believe that you can just sit there and believe that this will happen and miracles just show up for you. Sometimes it can happen. It can happen. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but that's very infrequent. For most for most things to work out in your life, you have to take inspired action. Now, the thing is, the reason why you have to take action, Alison, is not for you to create what you're creating. It's to create the expectation that it's coming. This is the key to understand. A lot of the times, people... If they are sitting there chanting affirmations, subconsciously they know they're not done anything. If they need to, for example, if they, they need to create a business, sitting there ch chanting affirmations is not going to create the business on its own, right? So if you are, for, let's do the online example, you, are, you want to attract X, Y, and Z clients. If you're just chanting affirmations and not showing up um, on, on, on social media platforms and so forth, how are you going to attract the right clients? On the other hand, if you're doing a gazillion things and being showing up and being the busybody, are you attracting the right clients? Because no, again, you're not sending out the right energy. When you take inspired action, you sit back and think, okay, what's the, what do you want me to do? What's the best thing for me to do right now in order to attract the right people to me? That may be running ads, that may be doing a live, that may be doing a collaboration with someone, that may be that, you know, you have to do, um, the, you know, do a, a Facebook live on this or do a YouTube video on this or create an Instagram post on this. Listening to your inner intuition and taking action on that and cutting down your workload from the 100% down to about 20% by focusing fully on the inspired action and not just being a busybody and focusing on your strengths that is which you know that's what actually means casting the burden if you're not strong at something for example i use my example when it comes to money i think i i you know i can talk about it all day long and i pretty much know everything around it talk to me about technology and i'm like huh what whatever so i've got team members to do with it I am not in control of it. I can let go of that control. I fully focus when I'm taking inspired action. What do you want me to do to my synergy? Okay, so sometimes it's hire a new team member. I, you know, if I want to develop a new program, you need to go and get hire another team member. Uh, I need to do this. Go and talk to this team member. Go and get this help. Doing this. I, do you understand, Alison? It's not just me taking action. It's sometimes it's me seeking guidance. What do I do? Who do I speak to? How can I move forward? And how can I move forward in 20% of the, you know, in 20% time rather than actually spending 100% of my time on that particular task? Taking that inspired action then leads you on to the expectation that you've done the work. And when you are expecting things to show up, this is a missing link. When you're expecting things to show up, they will. This it says in the Bible. I'm not Christian, but I, I do believe in the, in the New and the Old Testament because that's part of my 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 teachings. And the and the Quran, I'm Muslim, so the Quran follows the Old Testament and the and the, and the New Testament anyway. But there's a saying in the Bible that you know believe and then expect that you will receive it. You will receive it. And some something similar is said in the Quran too. That when you ask something from God and then you expect it to you know that your your dua your prayer has been received and you expect to receive it. Only then do you receive it. Can you see how powerful this is, Alison? When you cast the burden, you expect God to take up that burden. You expect God to give you guidance in doing X, Y, and Z. And then you take actions on X, Y, and Z. And it may be that the clients come to you not through your lives, but through a referral, uh, through an old client or a friend who saw your life. 
it doesn't matter. You're still getting the, the, the fruits of your labor, but it's coming to you via, you know, um, you know from, from device energy. So the device energy will bring the right clients to you and you, you may not even be taking the action required to get the clients to yourselves. But because you're taking the right action and you're in tune with what you're supposed to be doing, you're in the expectation mode to receive your good. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? I, it does. I love looking at it that way. That's so good. And I think that's such a practice. It's such a important practice, especially as an entrepreneur, when you can get into the rhythm of where is the inspired action coming from? Okay, what else needs to be done? And especially as you start to grow and you start to get income coming in yeah. to that enables you to hire help. <laughs> that is like, and as you mentioned earlier in the call, you said you have a team now that's amazing. Like you're surrounding yourself by incredible people who are helping to grow, helping you to grow your business. I think that's like the one of the most beautiful parts about being an entrepreneur is getting to that point when you can invest in help that just help you carry your vision to more and more people. It's such a beautiful part of the process. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of resist that hiring help for a lot of the reasons that they resist bringing in money. You know, they don't deserve it. They need to do it all on their own. They have to overwork to receive all those, all those exactly. thoughts, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, it's the, I have to work hard for my money. That's one of the core beliefs that most people have. That in order for them to make money, they have to be working really, really hard. And I have the opinion, no, not really. You can make, you know, money should be making, money, making money should be easy and it should come with ease and grace. And you infuse the energy of ease and grace in everything you do. Everything you do should have ease and grace with it. Be it creating money, having money, talking online, building a business, building relationships, et cetera, et cetera. It's when we have made everything hard. You know, we have, we've heard the phrase as well, you know, marriages are hard. Bringing up children is hard. Building a business is hard. Building an online business is hard. You know, getting, becoming a doctor is hard. Do you see what I'm saying? Everything seems yeah. to have, have the energy of hard in it. Whereas why not infuse the energy of ease and grace in everything you do? Yeah. Yes. 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 I love it. So cool. Could you offer a daily practice or weekly practice that will help us to use our money avatar to help us grow our business or to help us grow our business income? Brilliant. Fabulous. And I love you the fact that you asked this question. So I want you and everybody listening here to be talking to your money avatar on a daily basis. So I'm assuming the kind of audience you would have would actually already be in tune to doing daily meditations. I, if you're not, I highly recommend it first thing in the morning or last thing at night. And if possible, maybe both, you know, 15 minutes at both ends. And when you are in this meditative state, See yourself conversing with your money avatar and then use your money avatar as a guide to say, well, you know, I'm, it's, you know, I love you so much, Michelle. You know, how, how, what do you think? What advice do you have for me on this particular business aspect? You know, do you think I should do X or Y or how do you think I could do this? Or if you have, if you don't even have a business, some people can be thinking, well, the business I have at the moment, I'm not really happy with. I don't really like what I do. I want to change business, but I don't know what to do. Ask your money avatar. So ask Michelle. For me, it would be Michelle. Michelle, I'm not really, you know, really keen on what I do at the moment. It doesn't feel right anymore. What else do you think I can do which allow more of your energy to stay with me? Ask your money avatar for advice on, on alternative businesses, on alternative models, even advice on okay, hiring new team members. Is I the idea is to seek guidance, except accepting the fact that this guidance is not coming from your money avatar per se. It's coming from devices energy. It may be verbalized by your money avatar in your imagination, 
but knowing all the well that all your guidance, all your help is being received from the one supreme energy, which is the divine source energy, which is connected to everything and everyone, including you. And therefore, the advice received from your money avatar is going to be for your highest good. Oh, that is spectacular. I love that. I love the idea of a money avatar. Me it's too. so good. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Okay, so I have one last question, then I'm going to ask how people can find you. And this is a variation of the question I just asked. So it's um, kind of step two. I always ask my podcast guests to leave our listeners with a challenge. Brilliant. You kind of already did that, but I'm going to ask you to leave them with another one. (laughs) The first thing I want to do before that everybody here creates a money avatar, I'm going to give you the same task I give uh, that, I want you to, you know, that I give to everybody else who asks me, well, or who don't believe that they have any negative feelings towards money. I want you to get your phone. I want you to put a timer for five minutes. And then I want you to grab a pen and paper and then free flow write for the next five minutes until the timer goes off. Everything that comes to mind when you think of money. So money is initially you may say, oh, money means freedom. Money means travel. Money means this. Money means that. And as you stop thinking and just continue to write, your subconscious mind will come through that pen of through the pen and paper and start. You will literally see in black and white what your true feelings are towards money. So that's a super powerful exercise to do to create any struggles, any frustrations, any anger have towards money will all come through on the piece of paper, and you'll see it very clearly. That's the first point. So the first, before you can change anything, you need to become aware of what you, where you are. Be, become aware of where your status quo is. If you're denying that, then you're not going to be able to move forward and you're going to not be able to see how far you've come. So find out where you are right now. Where is your relationship with money right now? And how do you truly internally feel about money? This short five-minute exercise will do that perfectly for you. Step number two is then go on to create this money avatar in the way I've just described, you know, in about 20 minutes ago, in terms of getting very clear gender, you know, man, female, tall, short, ethnicity, hair color, background, education level. Um, how do they speak? How are they? And whatever. I mean, I, I might, is you, you, you'll find that your money avatar probably end up being very similar to you because my, you know, my Michelle, she's funny and she's sexy and she's quirky and she's, you know, she acts like a real bimbo at times. And other times she can come up with profound, amazing strategies and stuff because she can just be this, you know, amazing, amazing person with me as you would with your friend. You can be the most intelligent person, have these amazing, deep, you know, conversations with your friends and at the same time be stupid and, and silly over a piece of cheese, right? That's what you do. So have an, a fully formed, a, a clear, vivid imagination, uh, use the imagination, clear, vivid image of this money, this best friend who is now your money avatar. Give them a name. It's very important. Give them a name and then have regular meetings with them. If you have a best friend, if you stop seeing them every day or at least, you know, some, at least a few times a week, they're no longer are your best friends. You know, my best friend, my, my reality, my best friend is in India at the moment. And I talk to her at least, oh my God, every single day I would talk to her. If not by phone, it would be through text. You know, it's, that's how you communicate. You're on constant communication with your friend. And the first the good news comes, I talk to her first. If I have issues, I talk to her first. That's how your best friends are. And I know my best friend has my back. So this money avatar should actually, in true sense, become your best friend and would have your back. And then you find as you begin to trust your money avatar, your money indirectly, 
money begins to trust you because money knows you're not going to hold it. You're not going to keep it. You're not going to lock it up in a room and throw away the key. You're going to allow it to have the ebb and flow that it needs. And you're going to allow it to come and leave you with ease and grace. And therefore, more and more and more money can show up for you and have more and more trust with you. And you can form a more solid bond. I hope that that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I love it. Really, really brilliant. And I think that this work, these challenges and exercises that you're leaving us with is so important for entrepreneurs. I mean, I worked for government for 17 years and I had days where I felt like I didn't even have to show up with a pulse to get a paycheck. (laughs) Like it was really like, it wasn't always a very structured environment and it was really hard to get fired. Mm. So I never really thought about like, you know, having to, you know, what I had to do to make enough money to make my rent because I just knew the paycheck would come. But as an entrepreneur, it's a totally different game. And I think having this healthy, aligned, flowing relationship with money is critical for you to grow a prosperous business. I really do. I agree. And I I so appreciate the work that you do in the world. So important. And as you describe what you just described really made me also think about, I mean, you could add any example to it, but I see it with hiring coaches. And I guess this is a pitch for hiring coaches Mm -hmm. like, like you, whenever I hire a coach that I feel inspired and aligned to hire, even if it's a ton of money, I always feel like I get that money back very quickly in terms of increased sales or whatever, because I think that that law, that those spiritual laws that you're describing are at play. And I feel like when you hire the right cro- coach, you can really see that in, in play. I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it, if you are hiring coaches or mentors who are aligned with and who are, who've already achieved what, you, what you're trying to achieve or already the, energetically the way you want to be, then that works well. It can work the other way around too if you hire the wrong coaches. So you have to be careful who you hire. And this is why one of the questions I ask, I'm, I, I work for in my, in my mastermind I, is through invitation only. And I, I do the calls myself. I don't have anybody doing the calls for this reason. That I, I actually ask them a specific question at the end. And I actually ask them. And I said, please give me an honest answer as possible. And I would ask, do you believe X, Y, Z, whatever the name is, that I am the right coach, the right person for you to help you with your money, to help you build a better money and more income and savings? And then I listen to their answer. If there's any hesitation in their voice, I say no. Okay, because they yes. have to believe that I am the right person. And then the second follow-up question for that is, do you, you know, do you, can you see that working with me would benefit you and your family? Again, I listen in, not just for the yes, but I'm listening for the hesitation, any slight hesitation, and there, there is no invitation to join the mastermind at all. Because I'm very, very clear with that. You have to believe that your coach and your mentor is the right person for the, you know, the person you're speaking to. It would be the right coach and mentor for you. And then when you do, and it's also for the coaches to have the intention, because my intention always is anybody who spends one pound with me, one dollar with me, would get minimum of $10 or 10 pounds back. Minimum. It's usually a lot more than that. And when I set that intention and the right people come in and then they trust me to be the mentor, they actually said they actually do believe it. They can you see the power it creates in energetically. So they actually do receive minimum 10, probably a hundred times as well in terms of value back. Yes. Yes. And hugely important point. And it just demonstrate that you're a great coach, that you're doing this work <laughs> and, and doing this work that Gold talks about, she's calling in the right people, which yes. is enabling her to give them more than 10 pounds back, like a thousand pounds back. 
And then she's going to get referrals to other like-minded people. And it's just such a beautiful way to grow. Being in that integrity, like you're talking about, I'm just not going to take on any client. I'm putting up the velvet rope and only <laughs> allowing in my ideal people. And, and that, again, you're getting into this flow of the money. And yeah, it's just a beautiful way to grow a business organically. Brilliant. It absolutely, absolutely, absolutely is. And I, I mean, this is the reason why the kind of results that I have got from my class, you get anybody who's interested in see, go and see the, the case study of case study of case study that's on my success stories on my goalcon.com website. There are so many there. And it's, it, some of them are mind boggling. Like one of my, my clients, Steph, she's cleared $150,000 worth of debt within six months. Somebody else like Skeeter, who was getting allowance from her husband for $2,000 went on to within two months of oh, joining the mastermind, ended up making five figures a month. And during the pandemic in April, especially she, at one point she was making $2,000 a day. Those are quite crazy stories that I have are from people because they have, they, I mean, everybody comes to me already has the tools and, and, and know-how for the business. Anyway, I'm not a business coach and I refuse to be one. All I do is remove the money blocks. And then you remove your money blocks. The knowledge you already have can actually explode your business. And that's what I find. And then that's why you need to call in the right people to work with you at the right time. Beautiful. So you've already alluded to it. Tell us, and this will all be in the show notes, if people want to get on your mailing list or connect with you directly, how can they find you? Oh, brilliant. So thank you so much. So if anybody's interested in in working with me or finding more about me, then please come and visit my website, which is www.gullkhangullkhan.com. And you can register for us for our free challenge as well, which is on Millionaire. The website for that is www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com. We run about three or four challenges during, during, during throughout the year where I talk more about the money avatar, about cord cutting, about we deep dive into energy tools for free and that and you can go find us in there. And the most important place, if you like listening to me and if you, if you like listening to me today with Alison and having this amazing conversation, then please come and find me on um, Spotify, on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Money Mindset with Golkan. I have my own podcast, Money Mindset with Golkan, with the website being the same, which is moneymindsetwithgolkan.com. Brilliant. I can't thank you enough. What a fantastic episode. I myself have learned so much and I'm excited to do this exercise. I'm going to do it myself. I I like to think that I got it all, like got all my money stuff figured out, but I have a feeling that there's something in there that I'm not seeing. I can, can I almost like can can feel improve. it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can always improve. So thank you so much for that and for making the time to share your brilliance. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to sharing this episode with with my listeners. I look forward to receiving a link and listening myself. So thank you so much for having me as a guest. I had an amazing, amazing time here. Thank you so much. And I'd like to say thank you so much for listening. I want to say I appreciate you so much. So if you're loving this content, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever it is you listen. And I would be so grateful for a rating and review so more people can find us. And if you'd like my help calling in your ideal people, then download my free PDF guide that reveals the five visibility blockers that are preventing your ideal clients from finding you. Your offerings are too important to remain invisible. So this guide will help you be seen and get fully booked. You can find a link to download the guide on my website, alisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.